0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the American Constitutionalist. I'm Jeff Tokar, your host. Cliff camp's off this week. We're letting him spend time with his family and friends over this Christmas holiday season. The American Constitutionalist's main purpose is to defend and champion a return to the original intent and meaning of the United States Constitution. In addition, we at the American Constitutionalist are not afraid to mix politics and religion because we believe in America they're inseparable. America was built as a Judeo-Christian nation, and history proves it. Yet, even though we were built on the Christian principles of the Bible as a Judeo-Christian nation, our founding fathers and framers of our Constitution still left you with the freedom of choice and religion. I want to thank you for joining me on this special Christmas podcast. Please enjoy and share this unique message with your family and friends as we take a look at America and Christmas. If you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you'll know that I've said that the founders of this nation were Christians who wish you would believe as they did and I do, but they never forced anyone into their faith. Neither does God. He gives you the freedom of choice too, and that choice becomes your responsibility and accountability. Yet our founders and framers knew to exist as a moral, just, and free society, we needed to establish a plumb line to lay the foundation for our existence as a nation and a people. That plumb line was their faith in the Word of God. Faith is important because it's the foundation of your beliefs. Your beliefs establish your values, and your values are manifested in your character and actions. The founders of the colonies and the framers of our Constitution held the Bible in high regard as to the formation of the virtue, morality, law, and justice needed for America to survive as a nation And as a people they believed the Bible was a collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses who claimed to have seen supernatural events not of human nature but of divine nature and were inspired by God to write down what they heard saw witnessed were told and taught all of which has been canonized into God's holy word the Bible 66 books broken down into the Old and New Testaments written over 1500 years by nearly 40 authors with the message of the Old Testament pointing to a significant event to come that is unfolded in the New Testament, and the New Testament revealing the one who came and is yet to come. They believed in the miraculous birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. Yet, interestingly enough, the founders, which we note as being the pilgrims, did not celebrate Christmas. They didn't believe there was biblical evidence to support Jesus' birth being on December 25th. Many scholars have thought the same thing based on shepherds being out in the fields abiding by their sheep would be unusual for winter, unless like the many others who believed those shepherds were watching over the temple sheep bound for sacrifice, and that is why they were out in the fields at this particular time of year. So where did Christmas come from? It comes from a Middle English term, Christ Mass, the Christ Mass, or Christ's service of worship. Jesus was born sometime around 4 B.C. Yes, B.C. means before Christ, and yes, there have been heirs when our present-day calendar was organized. Just two centuries after Christ's birth, early Christian leaders honored the date of March 25th by which they set the vernal equinox that became the significant day for framing of the ancients. During the Middle Ages, the Feast of Annunciation emerged on March 25th as the day of commemoration of Gabriel's visit to Mary, revealing to her the news of Christ's holy conception and coming birth. Church traditions were established throughout the medieval times and people wanted to celebrate the nativity itself. So the logical date would be nine months after Gabriel's proclamation and visit to Mary. Hence, December 25th. During the Roman Empire, Christians and Romans had very little in common. But when Christianity flourished in Rome under Constantine, the Roman church proliferated Christianity's influence into the Roman lands. By AD 336, there were Christmas celebrations in Rome itself. The pilgrims who came to America really thought Christmas was a pagan holiday that was essentially filled with eating and drinking in excess. In 1659, Christmas was banned of the Massachusetts Bay Colony and celebratory violators would be fined. Was December 25th the actual day of Christ's birth? We don't know for sure, but December 25th is as good as any other day to celebrate the birth of Jesus. In fact, every day is a great day to celebrate the birth of our Savior. In 1856, Christmas was finally legalized in the Bay Colony. On June 26, 1870, President Grant and Congress established Christmas as a federal holiday. Even though we truly do not know the day Christ was born, that was the day set aside to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. In those early years of this nation, they didn't have the distractions we have today and thereby spent much time reading and in discussion with others over many topics like the Bible. They read and were studied in the Bible and understood the foundation of their belief in God's Word. They knew the depth of exactly what the true meaning of Christmas was and is today. Many people today believe the Bible is just full of stories and fictional fables. They think that Jesus Christ existed but did not die for our sins and did not rise from the dead. They believe his apostles and disciples made the whole story up for fame, fortune, and notoriety. If that's true... I find it amazing that almost all of the apostles and many disciples were martyred and put to death for their collaboratory story. They suffered poverty, ridicule and extreme oppression for their story, but it wasn't a story. They were eyewitnesses to it all. They were well-versed in the scriptures and writings we call the old Testament of which they had at the time and saw it play out right in front of their eyes. Hundreds of years after the death of Christ, The early church fathers championed that the birth of Jesus should be celebrated. According to history, while still under the Roman Empire, December 25, 336, is the first day Christians officially celebrated Christmas. Those church fathers had all the pieces of the puzzle assembled, the prophecy of the Old Testament and the writings of the authors of the New Testament proclaiming the gospel of Christ. They were able to knit together the pieces that solidified the day we celebrate his Christmas, recognizing the miraculous birth of Christ. Yes, it may not be the actual day of his birth, as I said, but this is the day we remember how and why he came to this earth. In the Christmas story, we know about the Magi, strangely unique astrologers, wise men from another country who came to Jerusalem, the place that once held the location of the greatest kings of Israel. Now they were seeking the king of the Jews when they themselves weren't even Jews. The wise men knew the writings of the Old Testament where the book of Numbers records Balak requesting Balaam to curse Israel as they came into the promised land. But instead, Balaam blessed Israel three times and he said in Numbers 24:17, this is 1420 BC, there shall come a star out of Jacob a scepter shall rise out of Israel. We read in Matthew chapter 2, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. These wise men also knew the writings of Isaiah seven fourteen. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. They knew Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a savior is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And finally, Micah 5, 2, One of the last books of the Old Testament. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephratah, though thou be little among the thousands of judea yet out of thee shall come forth unto me that is to be ruler in israel whose going forth have been told from old from everlasting after this after the old testament there was 400 years of silence when israel didn't hear from god this was the period between the old and new testament in the book of luke chapter 1 we find an ordinary jewish girl named mary who was espoused or as we would say, engaged to a man named Joseph. Mary was like any other girl, looking forward to her wedding and raising a family in her own home. She may have even grown up with Joseph and knew him all her life. Their families made the arrangement for them to wed. Mary was the normal girl for that time and culture. Getting married and having a family was the pinnacle of life. Then all that changed in Luke 26. I'm going to read this to you right from the 1599 Geneva Bible, the same Bible the pilgrims would have had. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin, a fiancé, to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went into her and said, Hail thou that art freely beloved. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and thought, What manner of salutation this should be. Then the angel said to her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. For lo, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bear a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord of God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom shall be none end. Mary, too, would have known the Old Testament writings. She knew the words of Isaiah and Micah. God had chosen her after 400 years of silence to fulfill his word. But this would be no ordinary conception and birth. No one would ever understand. She would be with child before her marriage could be consummated. Imagine Joseph. Imagine how he would feel you're right he wasn't going to go through with the marriage and then we find in matthew 1:18 now the birth of jesus was thus when as his mother mary was betrothed to joseph before they came together she was found with child of the holy ghost then joseph her husband being a just man and not willing to make her a public example was minded to put her away secretly but while he thought these things behold The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, the son of David, fear not to take Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted, God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had enjoined him and took his wife. But he knew her not, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. And that brings us to the traditional Christmas story of the Bible, Luke 2. And it came to pass in those days that there came a decree from Augustus Caesar that all the world should be taxed. This first taxing was made when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Therefore went all to be taxed, every man to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city called Nazareth into Judea under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary that was given to him wife, which was with child. And it was so that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her first begotten son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a cratch, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field and keeping watch by night over their flock. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone about them. And they were sore afraid. Then the angel said unto them, be not afraid. For behold, I bring you glad tidings of great joy that shall be to all the people. That is, that unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign to you. ye shall find the babe swaddled and laid in a cratch, And straightway there was the angel with a multitude of heavenly soldiers praising God and saying, Glory be to God in the high heavens and peace in earth and toward men goodwill. You see, Jesus is the salvation and eternal hope for mankind. He is the only hope for America. That was the belief and faith our founders and framers held from the very beginning. America was destined to be that city on a hill, a light for the world to see, a nation proclaiming the star of long ago. America is exceptional. America is privileged but not because of us, but because of the will and divine providence of God. He blessed America to be his blessing to the world. What does Christmas mean to you? Is it just a time of decorations, festive partying, getting and giving gifts, holiday entertainment, or do you believe and share its true meaning of hope and salvation? You can begin to share that hope by sharing this podcast with as many friends, family, and Americans as you can. We need to pray for America. May God continue to place his hand of blessing on this great republic we call the United States of America. For Cliff DeCamp, this is Jeff Tokar. Merry Christmas. And remember that we at the American Constitutionalist still support and believe in God, America, and freedom.